you can only really be world-class at one thing in this business. Sometimes the best advice is really go get hired as a content writer. All you have to do is double conversion once. It takes the cojones to ask. If I did that, my life would be easier and I would make more money. Women, just throw your bloody spaghetti up against the wall. Hire somebody whose sole purpose is to build relationships. Test the things that scream, not the things that whisper. Just do it. If you're in the world of direct response, whether you're an offer owner, a copywriter, or a media buyer, you are probably flooded with information on how to scale your business and how to get to the next level. This could get really confusing. And if you're like me, you can go through a rabbit hole of listening to content for hours and hours without really getting anything out of it. My goal on this week's episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing is really to bring you some clarity and to bring you a couple of very quick actionable tips that you can use today to make more money in your business and to scale. So I've gone through a ton of content that I've recorded over the last year with the world's best marketers in the world. These are people who have generated billions of dollars in sales. You've probably actually bought something from them in the last month or so if you buy anything online. Experts like Stefan Georgi, uh, Chris Haddad, Amber Spears, Justin Goff, Julian Reyes, they have generated billions of dollars in sales collectively. And I had the opportunity to interview each of them. So if you listen until the end, I guarantee that you will get at least one tip, probably more like five, that will help you in your business today. So if there's any tip or expert that you really liked, keep in mind, I have actually recorded a full episode with each of these people. So you can find them on my channel. So enjoy listening. And I guarantee that you will find a lot of value. You can only really be world-class at one thing in this business, right? Yeah. Like I'm world-class at copywriting, but I'm not very good at traffic. I, I suck at managing people. I don't manage people in my company. My employee, uh, Mike does, and he's really, really good at it. Okay. I always just say, you got you to figure out what you can be a superstar at and focus on that and not worry so much about the other stuff and not try to do everything on your own. Yeah. Build a team, basically yeah. build a team yeah. for that's, that's interesting. And eventually and, a member of your team will screw you over and you'll learn that <laughs> lesson and you'll lose a bunch of money. And what happens, I mean, you, maybe you've had this happen. You always have that team member who is with you, uh, when things start going really well and that's great and you're paying them pretty well and that's great but they start thinking they're the one that is making all the money come in and they start getting greedy and maybe they start sabotaging you a little bit behind their back, behind your back because they feel jealous in all these ways. And then eventually that blows up on your face and you, you learn all the things that was going on when you weren't paying attention and we're really sick in Florida. The point being though, it's just like being open to everything early on, I think is really important. Like I, I, I'm a big believer in diverse experiences and like all aspects of life. Like you know, when it comes to like, I don't really read business books. I read like history or I'll read like a novel or stuff like that. Like, I think you draw from experiences that are very diverse and then they make you a better, stronger person. And the same comes from, from marketing and copywriting. So um, that's how I did it. And I think in general, for people who are starting out with copywriting, they should do the same thing. Um, if you're going to, you know, if you're trying to make money as a copywriter, I definitely don't think you need to, to find a niche. I, I think honestly, sometimes the best advice is really, go get hired as a content writer because it's really pretty easy to get hired as a content writer, which yeah. is like annoying kind of, right? And you're not going to get paid that much. Maybe you get paid $15, like an article or a page or, you know, 20. But, you know, if you can start right on an hour, okay. I mean, if you're, if you're broke right now, right? And you start getting paid $20 an hour, that's 40,000 a year, which is better than most jobs you're going to get coming out of college or even for a lot of people in America, their entire lives, right? Yeah. Um, and so plus, okay, now you're getting paid to write. So you're thinking of yourself as a professional writer. 
you're writing headlines, you get headlines for every article or piece of content you write, you need subheaders, you need a good opening sentence. I actually think like starting with content writing can be a really beneficial thing. And if you're really not going to do that, because you feel like a little more advanced and you kind of know about copywriting and you just want to, you know, go into that world, then generally email copy is the easiest because it's short. Um, you'll learn how to write really long form copy. Like I have a whole methodology to that, the RMBC method, but I've had people get good really fast, but really fast can be like a couple months. Right. And that is really yeah. fast, but email, it's like, you could just, if you really look at what's working and just copy it, basically like model off of it. Um, you know, you can start writing really good emails in a couple of weeks. The first thing is like, Hey, it's completely okay to have a list. Cause at first I was like having super imposter syndrome. And it was like, I'm a kid and there's people who have sold like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of stuff. And I've not sold that much. And should I even start one? Um, yes, you should, because it turns into something amazing and you don't, you can't possibly start going down that amazing path until you actually send an email. So just do it. Um, now for anybody who's got more of like a, a product and they're like not having any mental blocks around being a coach or whatnot. Um, the first thing is just open up an ESP. So I like active campaign. If you're doing e-com, probably do Clavio. Um, just open it up and start out with your most basic automations, right? So like, what kind of email are you going to send to somebody when they buy something from you? What kind of email are you going to send to somebody when they abandon cart? And just get the basics built out. Like don't stress over the super fine nitty gritty details. Just get started, get something in there. I mean, if you're an offer owner and you're putting your offer on some sort of network, that's fine and dandy. And I think it, it, it'll work until a certain point. And then if you start scaling, it can actually be more headache than it, you know, the juice may be not worth the squeeze. Chargebacks. Right? Like, yeah. Chargebacks can spam lawsuits, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of uh, negatives that, so that's what makes, you know, cold traffic like Facebook, YouTube, Google, all that stuff way more attractive. And then I think, you know, I could just talk from our approach is that we, we just partner with the right media buyer to come in and handle our traffic course. Very smart, super intelligent, very good marketer, understands copy. He, the thing about this media buyer is a lot of media buyers, they may not understand the copy. And I think that's a disadvantage. They, media buyers need to understand enough to, to be able to communicate and come in and just express what would be good, right? And that's helped yeah. a lot. Having a media buyer that understands not only just really what he does on Facebook and YouTube, but has been able to uh, work with our creative team and, you know, getting the assets he needs. Um, okay. yeah, that's, that's my number one tip. If hey, I have an offer, a brand new offer. We should just launch one, um, this week with we a brand new offer. And for every dollar I spend on Facebook, uh, we make back 65 cents. So we're losing money, right? Well, uh, probably a lot of companies would just like say, oh, on to the next offer. No, 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 no. If you're making 65 cents for every dollar you spend and it's a brand new offer that's not optimized, you know, you're going to have to spend some money to do it. But if you have strong split tests, strong variance that you're creating, you can, all you have to do is double conversion once. And now all of a sudden you're profitable and you can scale. Whereas if for every dollar I spent, I got 10 cents back or seven cents back, that's eh, probably good to. 
why companies work in a silo and look at their whole year and like, oh, I'm going to do a contest in March. I'm going to do a launch in in April. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then they go announce to all their partners the dates instead of going to all their partners and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a contest in February. Here are the dates I'm thinking. I'm thinking about doing the launches. Are you launching or doing anything on these dates? Because if you are, I don't want to directly compete with you. I want to collaborate with you. I want to be able to promote your offers. And then I want you to be able to promote mine. So let's map out the whole year together. And I think that very few people do this. And I think that's the level of sophistication I'd like us all to be getting to, especially with our top partners. But it does take some time. It does take the ability to kind of go through data. And it takes the and it takes the cojones to ask, right? Mm-hmm. And be like, let's dream together. What would it take to do 25% more? But I do think that that, for anyone listening that that takes the time to do that will make a tremendous difference in their bottom line for 2022. I have no front end products. I'm afraid of taking the material from my coaching program and putting them in my front product front end products because I'm afraid I'll cannibalize my front end product. I'll cannibalize my coaching program. Yeah. And uh, and so and I don't remember exactly how he worded the question, but that was the question. I do remember verbatim what. Dan said, because that kind of got seared in my mind. He just kind of, first he laughed at him. He's like, he chuckled. And then he said, Bubba, you just don't get it. And then he said, you put your best ideas in your front end products. That's what's going to get them to want to join your coaching program. And so I had this, these two thoughts, right? Like that marketing is just taking people through an accelerated version of your own experience. And this other thing about that, getting your best ideas in front of people is what gets people to want to join your coaching program. And so I just combined those two, removed the idea of charging people for a front end product and decided to write a report that would literally give people a perspective of some of the things that I had experienced that I noticed that I believed that when other people saw it, they would feel that, oh, if I did that, my life would be easier and I would make more money. And so like by taking people through uh, process maps, which nobody at that time had seen, and then showing them what swim lanes are and how like a process could be broken apart in my business that showed like the handoffs and when and who, and people would see that and say, wow, that would be a lot. If I had those, that would be a lot easier than the next thing. And so like after a couple of different experiences like that, having read the report, they would come to a conclusion that I came to, which was they'd be making more money if they understood business the way I did. Every once in a while, there's a change in format in direct response. And that change in format buys you some extra seconds or maybe longer where it's not as overt and obvious that you're trying to sell them. And so therefore, it's easier to get attention. And because it's easier to get attention, it works. It works extremely well. And then it gets beaten the crap out of until it no longer works um, anywhere like it did. And that happened with VS. That happened with VSLs. I mean, VSLs can still do really well, but at Agora, like it was either 2016 or 17, where like just taking a sales letter and putting it in a VSL, no difference, mm-hmm. right? Zero difference. Um, it used to be a 400% difference. Wow. But over time, zero difference, right? So the, so there are always opportunities like that. Um, and it's about being on the lookout, like recognizing that if you come across something that sucks you in, 
that is marketing oriented to recognize that that might be something that maybe you should pay closer attention to and use. So with um, advice to female copywriters about valuing yourself, I mean, just, just imagine what the guys are doing. Like I had a mentee that I'd mentored for about a month and he wasn't even a copywriter. He wasn't even a copywriter's wet dream to be, to be honest. He was, had no talent. (laughs) And after that um, he said, Oh, I've just been um, asked to do a sales letter for someone. And I said, Oh, how much are you going to charge? And he goes, I'm thinking $8,000. And at that stage I was only charging like 5,000 and it's like, what? (laughs) Like this guy's gonna, uh, this guy's gonna like, you know, it, it's, it's almost like the guys have got this attitude. Let's just throw some spaghetti at the wall and yeah. see what sticks. You know what women do? We we uh, throw spaghetti at the wall, but first we boil the water, then we make sure it's hot enough. We put some salt in the water, then we put the the spaghetti in. We're making sure that it's cooked perfectly, and then we stick, throw it up against the wall. Guys, I don't give a shit. They just throw spaghetti up against the wall, even if it's uncooked. They don't give a shit. They just they've just got this like ballsy yeah. attitude. Women, just throw your bloody spaghetti up against the wall, whether it's cooked or not, and just see what happens. You know. You'd be shocked how many people have a twenty million dollar business that's entirely reliant on one traffic source. It's yeah. it's quite scary when you think about it, um, especially as one as fickle as Facebook. Like one of my buddies said, advertising on Facebook is like driving a Ferrari on like an eighth of a tank of gas. Like that's that's basically uh-huh. what it's like and you're just any sure. minute waiting for it to crap out it's just gone touching back on, on something you were sort of talking a little bit about earlier i think one of the biggest issues that people have when they go into affiliate marketing is they they have a if you build it uh they will come mentality and they think affiliate marketing uh is the easy part they've already built their business now they just open it up to the world and stuff will happen uh, and we have a lot of vendors who come with that mentality and they fail. Uh, we really think that most vendors that are serious about uh, going this way should hire an affiliate manager, hire somebody whose sole purpose is to build relationships and go and meet people, connect one-on-one, go to events, because that one person could take you uh, and make you grow 10x. But if you're not going to invest in that, uh, you're not going to grow. And Launching four products a year and three of them would be duds. Yeah, we were doing like an immunity supplement, collagen, this random thing, that random thing. And then this past couple of years when we started like doing really well, it's just like cookbook, 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 free cookbook, free cookbook. Surprise, it does yeah. better. <laughs> I, with one of my e-commerce clients, I don't tell them to respond because I know that our support team isn't big enough to actually re- respond to all of those. Mm-hmm. And that's going to actually do more harm than good. If I tell people to respond and then they don't get answered, boom, like that's, we've just shot our opportunity at a connection. So I think as you look at it by demographic, the older demographic, they're not really that tech savvy. They don't really know how to install ad blockers. And most of the ad blockers you see are like desktop Chrome extensions. I use them myself. Um, Also, as an advertiser, e-commerce advertiser, direct response offer owner or media buyer, we don't have control over the policies that Facebook and YouTube and these giant mega companies set. So it's up to us to be able to pivot, right? We have strategies and tactics. Our strategies are to generate conversions from these traffic sources. Our tactics have to change with whatever rules or updates that come up. 
Um, and as far as as far as ad blockers affecting native itself, actually, the the mobile ad blockers don't really affect native ad units that much okay. because most of the most of the uh, ad blockers are designed to to prevent like push notifications and pops and desktop pops and like this like really annoying stuff. And also the native content, the direction that these native networks are going in, and this is this answers your question and the e- and the question from the email is not only will we be consuming content on our mobile devices and and um, you know desktop phones, but with the Internet of Things, there's going to be ads on every single like you can be on a subway and see something. There could be a native ad on there, right? Like television, radio, print, and then with Internet of Things, like all these devices are going to be connected to the Internet. Like your washing machine may have a native ad unit in there. The format could be different. It could be talking to you. Like, hey. Hey Maria, you have to buy more tide. Buy more tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The testing, testing offers. He said, Mark says, test the things that scream, not the things that whisper. And we've all heard if if you've been in marketing or optimization or you know funnels or whatever for any length of time, we've all heard test the button color, test the headline, you know, test all that kind of stuff. And the reality is, like. Yeah, you can get gains doing that. Yeah, you can get you can double your conversions with a headline test. You know, does it happen often? No. But can you do it? Yes. But the thing is, how much effort does it take to do all that? Like, where is the, the line of diminishing returns? And if we talk about testing the things that scream, <clears throat> a, very, a very easy, obvious example is like, let's say we have one sales page. And instead of changing the headline, it's a, I don't know, it's a it's an offer for a pair of shoes. Well, if we're selling, um, let's say, a pair of shoes to people who are, I don't know, uh, somewhere on some remote island and they don't even wear shoes, you think that offer is going to convert very well? No, because they don't want shoes. But if you yeah. change it to like a loincloth or something or a spear or, you know, whatever they use, well, of course, your, your results are just going to take completely change. You're going to completely skyrocket. The point here is that you can test headlines and you can optimize, and I think you should to a point. However, if you zoom out and you, you think about, let's say you have one offer and maybe the one offer is doing really, really great. And you could spend a week, two weeks, a month, a year trying to optimize that offer, trying to boost the AOV, trying to boost the conversions, et cetera. And again, to, to an extent, I think you should. But what's worth paying attention to more is what's gonna boost your, your results more. Having an offer where you're going to change the headline, you get a 30% boost at most, or just simply having another having another offer. I'm sure you got tons of value from today's episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Please keep in mind that I have a full length interview with each of the experts that appeared on the show this week. And also you have to remember that people pay thousands of dollars to each of these experts in order to get some time with them or to get coaching from them. So I am very glad that I'm able to bring this for you for free week by week with all the different people that come onto my show and talk to me. So please enjoy, like, and share, and I'll see you next week for more amazing content. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.